It's time to defragment the human experience, at least according to today's guest. But how do you do that? Well, that's what we find out on this authentic avenue. Mass Luminosity, a global development and experiential technology company that seeks to invest in suspending disbelief. My guest today is Angel Munoz. He's their founder, president, and CEO, and his commitment to live in truth includes the development of platforms that make us feel closer together even when far apart. His most recent technology, Beacon, is a video communication platform which he hopes will rival the likes of Zoom. But speaking broadly to the point, defragmenting the human experience. How do you do that while also being a leader in tech, which by its own nature allows us to connect while fragmented apart? Well, Angel has a perspective on that about how big tech is minimizing humans in the overall experience, how he seeks to maximize them while also choosing bits over atoms. More on that in the show, as well as, of course, discussion around and advice as to how to achieve that A word authenticity. I think it's an interesting perspective as a tech founder who seems to rally against big tech. Adds to the realness of the conversation, in my opinion. Let's see what you think. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as I get real with Mass Luminosity and Angel Munoz. Angel, it's great to talk with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal, Adam. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well, and I really want to know all of the things that you're doing seemingly simultaneously with mass luminosity. The reason being, when we met for the first time, because we're not meeting for the first time now, you had mentioned that the core of this is to invest in suspending disbelief and then also to defragment the human experience. <laughs> These are huge statements, goals, anything. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder uh, how, but we'll get into the how in a bit. Let's start with the what. Would you mind for our audience saying exactly what Mass Lumini is, does, provides, and is to the world? Um, sure. Mass Luminosity is a company that I founded 10 years ago. Actually, it'll be 11 pretty soon. And um, it, the purpose of it was to um, utilize technologies uh, to bring people together, to facilitate communication, to facilitate interaction between people. In that sense, uh, I coined the phrase uh, to defragment the human experience or to defragment humanity. And, uh, and uh, with that, we started uh, deploying uh, different technologies along the way. And then we concentrated those technologies into two major projects. One of them is a social media network for technology enthusiasts and, and PC gamers called G-Tribe. And the other one, which is the one that caught your attention, Adam, is a new answer uh, to um, services like, for example, Zoom. And it's called Beacon, and it launches um, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I did notice that because our first meeting was held on Beacon or, or an early mm -hmm. version of it. And mm -hmm. I can immediately empathize with the experience of using it quicker than the experience of gaming. I mean, I, I, I love video games. I have a PC that I play video games on. I'm not very good at them, but I love them dearly. But mm. yeah, the Beacon thing seemed like a real world changer because it was very clean, very lightweight, not a whole lot in the way. Mm. And maybe that 
was why we eventually started talking about investing in suspending disbelief. Is that more of a beacon-centric thing? Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah. Um, so when you're on a video conference, for example, or even on an audio call, there is a, there's a certain amount of awareness that you're not talking to the person. Uh, you're not in the same room. You're not um, just the software um, that is designed around those concepts tend to be uh, just geared about uh, to transfer information back and forth. And, and we took a more holistic approach. We analyze how the eye perceives what we look at when we're communicating, what kind of sounds are more familiar to us, uh, what sounds more natural, what frames per second are more natural. These are all things that we borrowed from gaming. And so in that sense, we, we kind of suspend the disbelief that you're on a video conference and you want to make it seem like we're transporting you into the same room as the person that you're talking to. And that's really, it's so, sort of a, you know, pseudo holodeck. So we want people to feel uh, that they're actually communicating with someone and they, and then, and, and we, you know, resolution and the dimensions of the image, all kinds of different things that we add, such color saturations that make the experience believable. So another thing that really caught my ear when we spoke was alongside of all of this, which is providing experiences around the virtual, is a commitment to live in truth. Now, the reason why I like that so much is because it seemed to rub up particularly well against the word that I like to go over on this show, which of course is authenticity. And so maybe as a result, let's set a baseline here with how you define that word. How would you think about the word authentic, given all the things that Mass Luminosity does and uh, just your experience uh, founding and running the business? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I would say, Adam, that um, um, I like the word truth and uh, to be authentic uh, is so authentic is almost a form of communication, correct? You are, you're, you are somewhat defining how the communication should come across, especially from a corporation to the general audience. Um, for me, it's simpler to think about truth and um, what is truth. And truth means that you don't hide behind um, uh, the curtains. When you do something wrong, you openly admit it. Uh, when you, uh, when the company has, quite frankly, screwed up a piece of technology, and and it, you know, and 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 our um, members and users go through an odd event, we said, okay, it was our error. There was we don't blame anyone. We don't we don't go out there and say things like that. And I in. I'm not sure it it wasn't meant as a form of marketing quite frankly Adam but it, but but the audience resonates so strongly with that that they become almost hyper fans of of that kind of communication and we're seeing you know fortunately in corporate America that some of the tech leaders that are embracing that style of being more authentic and being more truthful are the ones that are rising to the top so there seems to be a need in the general public's mind for truth and for authentic communication. And so as far as a definition, I would say 
you know, not hiding behind the marketing slogans or, you know, or having, you know, a team of PR people that are constantly correcting things and just being honest with the, with, with the end user and with the people that support you and telling them, this is something that we think we did right. And Hey, we did this one. We need to go back and redo again. And, and when you speak that way, people support you in, in, in more ways than I thought were even possible. So that's how I, I see it. Now, let's talk for a, a moment about atoms and bits, because when it comes to uh, being authentic, I have this, I guess, in your world, maybe like legacy understanding of what really is real, and that is just the real. And that's because I'm not all day in the tech world, although I do produce content which lives virtually. And specifically what I mean by atoms versus bits, and listeners, this is A-T-O-M-S versus bits, is that when you choose or have the ability to choose between the virtual and the material, you choose the bits, mm -hmm. the virtual over that material. And mm -hmm. obviously you like live your truth and you, you establish that commitment to live in it. How does that have an impact on authenticity or does it? Well, that's, uh, that's, in fact, that's the challenge. The challenge is that's what motivates us. What, that's what drives us. Uh, yes, uh, bits in, in, in the sense of opposites of atoms, that's a concept that was actually first discussed many years ago by Nicola Necroponti uh, in a book that he wrote uh, called Being Digital. And, uh, and it really had a strong impact on me. But, but you're right. Uh, if you're in an atom format, meaning if we were sitting in the same room right now, uh, you know, all your senses are engaged. Uh, and it's, it tends to be a lot more natural. But the challenge that I, um, that I accepted and the goal and the, and the pursuit is how do we turn those bit experiences into be somewhat indistinguishable from, from atom experiences. So we will choose bits over atoms, but, but, but in the same sense, we want to bring as much as what we recognize as an atom or a material or a physical experience into that virtual domain. That's why Beacon is 4K resolution. That's why we use binaural audio. That's why we saturate colors. That's why we show landscape instead of squares or circles. Uh, it's because it produces a more natural response from people. The mind, the human mind, the brain has a way of perceiving reality. And games, you know, you're a gamer, Adam. When you're in a game, you may lose that sense that you're inside the game. You know, that's a, that's a moment of sort of suspension of disbelief. You may believe for a second that that's an altered reality that you've just entered. Why not do that with video conferencing? So that's that's what we decided to do. I have had that experience mostly uh, in games that are, I guess, like super either intense or suspenseful. Mm -hmm. And that's when I put myself in there or perhaps am transported in there. But yeah, I want to stick that's oh, a, go ahead. Because you're having an emo emotional response. So that emotional response is predicated by the technology that makes you believe for a for even a fraction of a second that you may be in a re you 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 really are threatened you really are saving the world you really are in the in a post apocalyptic reality those are exactly what games those are the major premises of games to that suspension of disbelief and then we when when I looked at video conferencing and you know I saw just 
video conferencing. I just didn't see an effort to make those experiences more human and, and more and, and less um, taxing to the mind, to the eyes, uh, and, and to seem more natural. When we talk about, or when you talk about the ways that make the experience more natural, the, the 4K, the binaural audio, the saturated colors, when it comes to defragmenting the human experience as we started with, I think that certainly helps with that, but it implies that elsewhere, this, uh, this almost purposely doesn't happen. So here's what I want to ask, because another thing that we had talked about prior is that it seems that what you are doing by defragmenting the human experience is just maximizing the input that the atoms have on the bits. Mm-hmm. Do you not see that happening elsewhere within larger big tech? I mean, my guess is no, but to what extent do you see that human side being minimized elsewhere? And how are you combating it? Right. Um, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, there are subtle ways and then there's more obvious ways. Um, so the best way to look at that, Adam, from my perspective is to think about what reality needs to be created in people's mind. If your interest is simply and only to maximize a return on investment on each person that's on your platform. So then you're motivated by another set of rules which that are driven by, in some cases, through AI, in some cases, through maximizing the amount of people that could be on a call and, and, and all that without no, with no concern about anything else. So, for example, on social media, uh, when you and I met, we talked about this a little bit, but... You know, we know the algorithms are there to to create discord, to create to create animosity, to to pol- polarize people, to to and, and all that. Why? But the question, it's really not that it's happening. It's why is it happening? Why is fragmentation of the human of human communication so profitable? And it's because it increases engagement. So I think through platforms like Beacon uh, that actually relax people <laughs> give make make them a little bit more natural that we we counteract that trend and we make the world just slightly a little bit better place so because it's a lot harder for you to be rude to a person if you really feel you're in the same room with them adam so if you feel that they're just a little stamp and, and you know on your on your on your computer, you know, their stamp size, you know, uh, image, or you don't even see them, then it's a lot easier for you to say non- nonsense things. So we, the way that we look at it, we always say is like bringing people, we, we want to bring another people to feel that they're in each other's home. So, because that's one area, you know, it's very rare for somebody to walk into your home, Adam, and start insulting you. That's not really the way that we're wired. No, I have not and, happened. That's not happened commonly to me. Exactly. And that's what we want to do with Beacon. I know it sounds it sounds like so aspirational, but we are getting reports back from we have 30,000 people that are beta testing it. And we just got reports back even from our board of directors uh, just sent, uh, um, uh, you know, comments back on the experience. And they're all saying that it's just incredible how it transports you and makes you think and believe that you are talking to someone and you're both in the same room. So you lose that. So that's a suspension of disbelief. Right. And listeners, 
I know that we're talking a lot about this and you can't see it because you're simply listening to us. Allow me to very briefly describe my first experience with this. So I jumped in to Beacon and at first, of course, you are joined by the other party and you have all the common things like, yeah, you know, you hang up button, your, your, your mute button, all that. And then like very quickly, all of it, the overlay, like the shading around all that just falls completely away and the entire screen is the other person. And that is not something that I get, I think, as far as I can remember, with like any other of these services. So I was like, you know, with a game, it's like similar. Like if, if I'm playing a game and I'm like, I am more immersed by a game that has like minimal heads up display as opposed to like a big like World of Warcraft type hotkey board and like all this other crap that takes me out of the experience because I'm more focused on that than I am on the thing that I'm doing. And I felt something similar here. There was just less distraction. And um, if you can get your hands on looking at it, I, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it because it, it really did feel natural, you know, not like something where I'd have to like, if I were on Google or Zoom or something like that, I'd have to like go to the full screen button and then I'd necessarily lose all that stuff. I had to go back in and God, what a hassle. And this was not that hassle. So I liked it a lot. And hopefully listeners, that helps to describe sort of what we're talking about here Again, on the Beacon side, totally different from the G-Tribe side, but I'm focusing on Beacon because that was what I thought had the clearest, it covers the clearest gap to an authentic experience online from what I've personally experienced. Let's talk about that authentic experience for a second. Actually, Angel, I, I, let, let's hold because I think I cut you off there. No, I, thank you. I was just going to thank you for that, Adam. Um, um, wow. I, uh, I'm I'm touched by by your honesty and and how straightforward, and how you noticed the subtleties that we put into that into Beacon. So you're right. Uh, when you join a Beacon call, you have we, we used only the icons. We we try to stay away from the written word because that's even more distracting. So you have two columns on each side, and and then those columns are already translucent. So they're telling you that, you know, there's a sense right away that these are, this is a minimalist. The icons are actually outlines. And then all of a sudden they vanish, disappear. And now all you have in front of you is the person. And then if you move your mouse or you tap your screen, if you're on a touch screen, then they slide back in so you can use any of the functionalities. And that in itself gets so many comments. Thank you, Adam, for that. That's a very strong recommendation. I really appreciate that. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. And it's, it's, it's true to what, what I experienced. And hey, I'll tell you what, if, if you all can figure out how to make a computer screen where the camera is right in the eye hole of the person I'm looking at, that'd be even better. Because that's like <laughs> the next problem is that I feel like I'm never actually looking at someone. And this is the closest I've gotten to that because there's nothing else in the way, right? Mm -hmm. But now that, that would be something. But anyway, um, that's for another conversation. Perhaps. Uh, I actually can interject by telling you can that you? I okay. that I saw that a company approached me that has a patent on a solution for that. Really? So we may be working with them. Yeah, it's a very clever way of doing it. So I was very surprised when when they showed me what they were, how they made that work. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, something to look forward to then, listeners. I guess <laughs> and me as well, because that is uh that's like future level stuff that's like stuff i can't even can't even visualize but i guess somebody has mm -hmm. i'll go back to to this authentic experience once again just because i like to ask folks in which moments in their business they feel that they are uh operating working being their most authentic selves where do you think that is for you angel today as, as the person who heads all of this up 
Um, that's a uh, that that's kind of a when I think about the, the answering that question, it's sort of a timeline, right? It's a timeline of events and things. Yeah. Well, what, what maybe what are some of the watershed moments where you've where you looking back, you're like, yep, that's where we that's where we were really that was either our north star moment or that's where we were pointed at it. I think it came um, early in in the history of mass luminosity, which, by the way, is already. Uh, um, paradoxical <laughs> name. Uh, some of your audience members will know that that's an algorithm or a formula that's used in in astrophysics, but now it's a registered trademark of our company. Um, and you know, so the moment the moment that I was going to talk to you about is that moment of naming the company. Um, I was um, I was in a in a room full of uh, startups because this obviously started as a small company and they were all pitching different ideas to a group that was sitting of investors. And so it was my turn. And when they introduced me and said mass luminosity, some people chuckled, they thought it was a ridiculous name. And then I realized how disconnected we are from the meaning of words, mass luminosity, light for the masses. And that really was the moment. I mean, I'm happy that happened. Obviously, they didn't get any investments from the group because they they just thought the name was ridiculous. But that's what I then, then what it did was it made me think: Why did I name this company uh, that? And then you know, mass luminosity, light for the masses, and that sort of was the realization point of that means if you're going to be on the light side of the force, you want to uh, be truthful and authentic. So they merged together. And, and so it was in the naming and, and, and presenting the company for the first time to investors that I, now no one cares. Now, you know, this is obviously 11 years later, so no one really, you know, Mass Luminosity, okay, it's just a name. But back then, I'm not sure why it was so comical. Well, that was your, I mean, that's a moment that, that only somebody who's been there since day one can really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to have those, those founding members the whole, the whole way driving from that, you know, first those first, like I said, watershed moments. I, I think that's really fun to think about those. I, mm-hmm. on this show, talk a lot about like the various avenues that businesses have through which their authenticity shines through, not to keep like the light naming convention going here, but that is an interesting story. And uh, I I feel like when I named the show itself, like that's a, that, that was a moment for me that I thought was sort of my own best case study, but mm-hmm. a story for another day and another guest. That's myself, that's fantastic that you had somewhat the same experience. But you know, uh, when you're when you you know, if I could give some advice to some of your uh, younger, I'm 61, so I, you know, I, I I grant myself the right to speak sometimes to the younger people. No, it's teaching. good. I was going to finish in, that. I was going to ask for some <laughs> advice to round out. So let's just go the te- there. in the teaching mode. Yeah. So I would say that one of the things that you have to have as an entrepreneur is a very, you know, you, you have, there's a couple of things, but number one is you have to have thick skin. You cannot, you cannot go through life thinking that everyone is going to be excited about your idea. And revolutionary ideas do not occur through consensus. They, they actually, you have to battle the current. So a revolutionary idea like Beacon that brings so much quite frankly, if I can say it myself, a much better experience in all respects 
to the video conferencing platforms, it's something that we're going to have to fight to establish it. No one's going to give up their percentage of the audience or percent or, or, or users freely. So you have to have not only, you know, the ability to take criticism and, 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 and not be moved off center by it, but also you have to have the determination that in, in, in a bit of the insanity thinking that you're right and everybody else may be wrong. And that's what drives innovation. Those people are the ones. I mean, look at Elon Musk with Tesla. I mean, when I first heard about electric cars, which, you know, I thought it was it was absolute nonsense. And now I have two of them in my garage. So it's just that kind of determination and that kind of not not paying attention to the people who make it their life uh, experience to always criticize others is like the best advice I give to all my employees and, and every single one of them. I, I'm just, I'm training them to be independent business owners and hopefully entrepreneurs too. Every single one of them is, is, is potentially uh, going to split off on their own. And that's, and that's really the best gift I can give to the world. Well, I thank you for sharing some of that gift here for bringing that that light in that moment to us and for continuing to bring, uh, shall I say, the luminosity to the masses. I appreciate your perspective here for teaching me a little bit about this grand defragmentation of the human experience, how it plays into that A word and for everything that you're doing. Can't wait to see that screen integration, but uh, hopefully more people will see Beacon very, very soon. Uh, Congrats on the upcoming launch and thanks very much for being here today. Thank you, Adam, for having me. Appreciate it. As we close out today, I'd like to turn the question over to you, my listeners. How do you think we'll continue to defragment the human experience through tech? It's an interesting dichotomy, but ultimately, in order to move towards a more advanced technological world, we need to reduce these barriers that make us feel like we are apart when we are apart. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Here's how you can register those thoughts with me on socials, LinkedIn mostly. Adam Connor and Authentic Avenue. Go follow both of those pages and you can write me via email, adam at offav.com, where you can also ask me how you can get involved on your own podcasting journey. I got a lot of experience there. In the meantime, I'm going to go find another visionary and bring him on to this show to talk all about that A word, authenticity, and how others around us achieve it. Until then, I'm Adam Connor signing off and saying, until the next time I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.